something you need to know about this author. He wasn't the only one. There have been many authors throughout time. It's a job, not a person. And the one trapped in here was just the last tasked with the great responsibility. Which is? To record. To witness the greatest stories of all time and record them for posterity. The job has gone back eons. From the man who watched shadows dance across cave walls and developed an entire philosophy. To playwrights who tell tales and poetry. To a man named Walt. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of The Secrets of Once Upon a Time. I'm your hostess, Deborah, and I have both David and Shelly with me today. Woohoo! Woohoo! Exactly. Um, and we are um, going to talk about Best Laid Plans, the episode called Best Laid Plans. And um, one thing, and we were just chatting, um, and what was your reference to the title of this episode? Do you want to say oh, it right now, or do you want to... Sure, sure. Okay. The title of the episode, Best Laid Plans, and you can't hear those that, those first three words if you're an English major without doing the last, which is the best laid plans of mice and men often go awry. Um, but if, if you know it, it's a poem from Robert Burns, a Scottish poet, and it's titled To a Mouse. Yep. Because so. he was plowing in the field and he overturned the earth and there was a mouse nest but it's a beautiful poem and if you can read it in the right scottish accent it's fabulous but i can't so i won't even try <laughs> and you just have a scottish accent that's just fun to, fun to have just in general <laughs> we could get sean connery to come and read that poem see i, I know father roderick doesn't i mean scottish accent too bad he's not here <laughs> oh. be, he could probably do that but that'd be cool but it's interesting that you mention of, you know, the best laid plans of mice and men, because we do kind of have a, in a sense, um, it all started with a mouse reference in in this, which is, you know, at one point, well, maybe we should talk about that later, references <laughs> to Walt. It's like the most overtly Disney reference I've seen in a while. So, yeah. Yeah, there was no hiding there. No, no, no. Uh, but I'll start with Shelley and... You can tell me what you thought of this episode. Give it a rating. Well, the, I have watched this episode twice now. And uh, the first time I watched it, I was not impressed. I was mad and, and very disgruntled about what they're doing with Snow and Charming and the characters. And I just I kept going, well, Deborah said she liked this one. <sighs> I don't like it. It's like maybe a five or a six for me. And then I watched it again last night in preparation to record, and I was taking my notes. And all of a sudden, it was like the light unfolded, and I kept seeing things and connections and all these little references, and I kept sitting up and going, wait, 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 we've heard that before. Where have we heard this before? I got to go back. I got to go back. So now I'm pushing this one up to a seven. Oh, good. Because, you know, what I really did... After the um, Ursula, you know, um, Poor Unfortunate Souls, I really did, you know, like this episode a lot, too. I, I probably rated it a little higher because of the, the bombshells, you know, that were kind of, you know, there there were two big discoveries through this episode that was like, oh, that's what happened. I didn't like it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I did. What did you think, David? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I was... I. I'm he, I'm hovering between a seven and eight. I did like. I mean, I liked it. I liked the episode. I was a little, um, like I said, with the uh, talking about it a little bit. Some some of the where they you know, were at the point where Snow and Charming finally come clean to their daughter. I'm like, maybe I would maybe I would have done the same in her shoes. Hard to say, but like, okay, you've known them for this long. You know they always try to do the right thing, and they screwed up. Come on, give me. Yeah. <laughs> Like uh, I'm not sure if that that is really warranted, but that's just me. Yeah. So. Well, I, I don't know. We'll we'll discuss. Maybe I'll change my my ideas after we're done discussing all this, and uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens here. But mm -hmm. as um as we opened up this episode, it was um a unicorn is shown galloping in the forest, and as so there, it, as there often do. Yes, because there's so many unicorns. And so um, this is before the first curse. 
and Snow White and Prince Charming come across a unicorn and touch its horn to see what will be their baby's future. And so we see um, Charming seeing a very happy baby Emma and Snow seeing a Emma like ripping her heart out. <laughs> you know, that was actually a really good start at first. I wasn't wild about the whole let's touch the unicorn's horn and see a glimpse of our child's future. But as I said, the second time I watched it, it made perfect sense that mm. they're seeing two extremes. And I'll go right to it. But the rest of this episode, Charming is always in blue and Snow is always in red. Ooh. Two opposite color extremes. So he is seeing that innocent, sweet little baby with the, what are those little white flowers that are so popular in a, in a wedding in the groom's oh, tuxedo? Oh, baby's breath. Baby's breath. No, they're no. like little, it starts with an S. I can't remember the name. But then she sees the same actress, lovely girl, the teenage Emma in that beautiful pink princess dress. She doesn't say anything to her. She just rips out her heart and I don't care and crushes it. And, you know, I'm thinking, well, pretty much typical teenager. I have yeah. two of them. But um, so two extremes. Of course, she's a blank slate. She could go either way. And mm -hmm. it, it looks like even though they went to such odd lengths during this episode to, to ensure her, her saviordom, that really Emma still could go. That, that, that's, the part that, that's the part that I didn't quite get about the episode. That, that um, I, I loved a lot of the, you know, especially, I always like, I'm always the one for the banter uh, and the side stuff, but yeah, that, okay, you're going to go through all those lengths, you know, to, you know, to transfer the darkness to this other baby, but you still have to guide the baby anyway and, and make sure she didn't like, what was the point of doing that then if it was still all up to you watching watching and guiding your child like a parent is supposed to do anyway. Hard and, man's like, you, and, you know and what they I mean? Didn't. You're yeah. right, because Emma went to the same world that, we'll just say it, Lily. Okay, Lily. Yeah. yeah. She went to the same world without magic that Lily did. So now they're both in a world, they both don't have magic. Right. And really, Lily is the dark half. It's, it's that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, the twins movie with Danny DeVito. Oh, oh she's Danny DeVito. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so here's all the she's supposed to have all the all the dark potential and mm -hmm. here's Emma with all the light potential. Well, we already know they've met and we already know that here's Emma trying to steal and she can't and and Lily covers for her and they become best friends for 48 to 72 hours. Yeah. And um and she turns away from her. But but what if they're meeting in, in cuz I I wrote down all the words he said during his little transfer of the darkness thing. But, but what if their meeting in this land uh, kind of negates it? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's all transferred back, the potential for either one to go either way. Okay. Okay, I could get that. I can, I can. But, you know, when you said, you know, okay, so we have one who's all light and who one who's all darkness. And it, it almost... Potential. Potential, but it almost sounds like, you know, the Chinese equivalent of yin and yang. Do when we have two polar opposites, are they going to, you know, balance each other out? Who knows? Mm -hmm. It's a very Mulan reference. <laughs> but And the, you know, for and you you know where and you you know when the apprentice says that you know, that once I do this, this cannot be reversed. You know, it's, you know, it can be reversed. <laughs> Apparently everything it's, it's, it is starting to become like a, a sense of a soap opera and the fact that characters can come back to life and be yeah. you know, out of bone dust and, you know, be brought back to life. So uh, anything's possible. Yeah, like, I'll just, Gold will find a way. I'll reserve judgment <laughs> on that one. Okay. So the sorcerer said, let the darkness find its way from tender womb to darkest tomb darkest tomb and if it sees the light of day on distant shore where shadows loom then let no magic give it form and work no curse nor magic worse on innocence or mortals born mm. and i remember she looked up on distant shore what does that mean and i'm like mm -hmm. oh you people are not this dense please <laughs> you didn't really think that the egg didn't house some sort of a child or you didn't really think he was going to let the darkness he pulled out of the, the greatest potential for the greatest darkness stay in in your land uh, mm -hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, 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 they they are that dense, yes. <laughs> yes. And 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 it was up to the two of them to keep it in the light. And they couldn't, they didn't because of the the curse, but And how are we supposed to believe that Maleficent just let them go on it? I mean, she didn't that she didn't she she was so depressed about losing the child that she didn't try to take out revenge at or, any point in time between the third month of pregnancy and the dark curse being enacted. But it wasn't a pregnancy because she she laid an egg. No, I mean after after but, Snow but, and yeah, Charming but, took her egg, she didn't try to exact any kind of revenge on them. She just let Regina have it all. You know, maybe that's going to be her backstory. Maybe there'll be more to Maleficent's backstory. Right. I would assume so because yeah, wouldn't you? Considering how. Um, I guess cynical Maleficent was but when she met Regina and to the point where, you know, and how evil she was when she announced her pregnancy, why would she let that slide? So there's got to be a good reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Well, the other, the other thing I did note when, uh, when Charming saw the little innocent baby in that beautiful white blanket that she had knit for her. Yeah. And that she sent her actually through the, the tree, tree in the yeah. wardrobe through the wardrobe well when they first come back they're still there with august you know and they're they're looking uh, at the page and talking about the key and something's wrong with august emma's in a uh, real soft white sweater that kind of looks like that knitted baby blanket oh. with her with her gray coat and regina's in her dark suit with the blue scarf from the previous episode but the minute that they go to mother superior yeah emma's in red and regina's in red Ooh, interesting. So they changed their outfits. And it's probably just an editing error from, you know, the carryover of the one episode to the next. Uh, because even Henry, I noticed, changed his shirts. And before he was in like a red with, with the, the checkered. And now he's in a gray. Huh. But it contrasts so beautifully with all that Marian blue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, everywhere. There's there's the, the Holy Mother all over the Yeah, the I was wall. about to say that, that there were... Um, yeah, there were two portraits of the Virgin Mary in the... Now, I yeah. caught the Sacred Heart, but I didn't know the other image. So I did not go back to look at it. So, okay. yeah, I, I guess I... Yeah, I didn't know if it was relevant to anything in the story. So, uh And it was really beautiful. But again, the mother image. All of this is mother. Have you noticed that? Mother, no. mother, mother. So Snow is acting all weird, but but it's uh, Snow is the mother, and you know you've got the teenager. She's worried about she's worried about her child. Mm-hmm. She, they've taken the the child from Maleficent. They've deprived her of the opportunity to be a mother, almost the same way that Regina deprived Snow. Um, here they are talking with August, and they're with Mother Superior, Mother Superior, and they're in, and all the images in the background are religious icons of the Holy Mother. Hmm. Wow, that's and and I have theories, but I'm not going quite there yet. Remember, well, it's so funny because you know it, it harkens back to season one, where it was Mother's Day episode, and Henry falls into the sleeping curse, and it's true love's kiss, but it had to be the kiss of a mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's why I was like, oh, hey, so that could be. Well, you know, we're coming up on Mother's Day again, so it could be. Um, you know, we're setting things up for another mother-related episode or a season finale. Whatever, we'll figure it out. <laughs> I have to look and see which episode is on Mother's Day. Oh, <laughs> I just looked it up. <laughs> I don't know if you want me to say or if that will be a spoiler. Um, go ahead and say it because otherwise yeah. we'll forget. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, is May third Mother's Day? I thought it was the weekend after that. Is May 10th Mother's Day? I want to say that May 10th is. Okay. So May 3rd, and I'm getting this off of IMDb. Mm -hmm. May 3rd, the the episode on May 3rd is titled Mother. Oh. Mm -hmm. And, sorry, I did not know that. (laughs) And then May 10th is the final, the finale, Operation Mongoose, part one and part two. Ooh. Okay. Same day. So, I mean, clearly we're going to get some sort of a resolution in one way or another here, but. Wow. Wow. I I did note in my notes that red, I thought, was symbolically foreshadowing Emma's metamorphosis. What's what's coming? Because I noticed she got darker and darker, redder and redder throughout the episode. Like she'd been Mm -hmm. crying. Her eyes were red. Uh, They they you know made her look like she'd been 
she was so upset that I just immediately noticed her eyes were all rimmed with red. Yeah, darkness around her eye. Yeah. Interesting. I'm I'm kind of like, gosh, I wish I would have watched this episode again because I'm like, wow. Yeah, I know how upset she was at the end of the episode, but you know, we can we can talk about that here in a little bit. Um so after we we, you know, notice the egg and um they meet somebody along the way um who gives them um directions and it was uh what was his name oh shoot. the peddler the peddler, the peddler he's, just yes. he's just a peddler no name yet and yeah. um we, we this ties into what happens in storybook so august you know is they they said okay so the door is the page and the page is the door and there's a key and they find the key which i thought found was really really quite easy that you know henry found the key right away and they open it up and well first they you know gold demands that they bring you're the, going right to the end i know i just realized <laughs> that. i'm like wow i'm skipping the, the whole part where they you know had to fool gold into thinking that you know, hang on a sec did, did you know that the peddler was going to be the author no Really? No. Well, I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know he was gonna be the author, but I knew that. I that that guy that, that he's in, that's another one of those actors who's been you know that guy in so many different shows. I'm like, okay, he's got to be more than just that peddler. Um, they do a, they do a good job of throwing in people from uh, character actors who've been around for you know decades, and then all of a sudden, like, okay, I know he's got to be. Yep, and then he turns out to be the, like the first dark one or something like that one. So it, it, it you know, there's never. Anyone who has more than just like a handful of lines usually turns out to be someone else later. Okay. No, I, I, I knew it immediately. And I'll tell you where I knew it. I said, this is the author. Why else would they introduce this character at this time? And then he told them, he changed their direction. He yeah. manipulated where they were going. He changed he, the story. Yes, right there. He told them Catch. what we needed to know as a narrator. You're going west. Oh, there's this terrible sorceress. Um, you know, she's laid an egg. Okay, so now they know Maleficent's laid an egg. And he says, oh, no, you need to go east. And they're like, are you kidding? It's the infinite forest. We're going to be lost in there for days. Oh, no, no. Follow the path. Find the kind old man. He's going to help you get where you need to be. <laughs> Trust me. Safe journeys. Bye now. And you're like, so surprise, they come up to the cottage. And, and if you remember the first half of season four, mm -hmm. who was the last person we saw at this cottage? The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Or the, or the... Little... Anna? Oh, Anna. Yes, I'm sorry. Anna's been in this, you know... That's right, uh, where she got the... It. Yeah, that's right. Now I'm... It seems like so long ago. I'm like, oh, yes. So suddenly, it's the Sorcerer's Cottage and the yeah. Apprentice opened the door. He's in red. What color was the peddler wearing? I thought it was black. Ooh. No. It was like that real dark dark blue it's, yeah. it's like a true blue but it's very dark not quite navy hmm. so they're again the two extremes and they're manipulate he is manipulating the story and we don't realize that until much later of course when they do the flashback where the, the sorceress says how dare you force me to do that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but but the minute he started telling them this narration i'm like why are, why do we have a narrator going on Suddenly he's he's narrating and he's telling them where to go. Oh, this is this is your author right here. My daughter was so disappointed. She was so wanted it to be a girl. I well, I was disappointed because I wanted it to be a main character. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I wanted it to be like somebody that was already in the cast that we've seen before. So she's she's still predicting that it will be Henry. Henry will become the new author. I I totally and that's where I wanted to see it. I was gonna say, you know, the the episode was gonna end with Henry being the author, with Henry being the one who's in control of things. But that wasn't that. I think that's probably where they could go. Well. <laughs> I've got so many different things to, to say today, and I just don't know where to start. But Okay, so up in the beginning when Killian was telling Emma, I didn't mean to change direction on you like that, but in, in the beginning when Killian is telling Emma, the villains are going to darken your heart, love, and she's like, eh, whatever, I'm not worried. And I wrote, well, this just doesn't make any sense. Why does their happy ending rest on Emma becoming a villain? Why do the heroes have to become villains? Because mm -hmm. how did the villains become villains? Well, they made bad choices. Well, 
Emma has has brought about happy endings. She's the one that returned happy endings to Storybrooke as the savior. Why now does she have to be a villain for the villains to get their happy ending? Can't she facilitate that in some way? Well, it also depends upon, as we saw with Regina, and, and we, tra- we thought we were hoping to see with Gold, them making those good choices. So that doesn't somehow cancel. Her, her being a villain does not cancel out their poor choices. Her becoming a villain will not absolve their pain because pain only begets more pain. It really can only be canceled out by repentance, by kindness and love, especially towards the one who caused you pain. This whole story right there just felt off to me. Why is it about Emma turning dark? Well, well, and that's what, I guess that's, I don't, it's not a plausible plot like, the, okay, I hate to say this, but the whole um, um, Mary, Margaret, and David, you know, doing a bad thing, that doesn't seem like it, something they would do, I, you know, so I, I'm, I was kind of like iffy with this plot line anyway, but, you know, the whole idea of, of uh, Emma turning dark seems implausible as well, so I'm not really buying the storyline for this episode. So in Snow and Charming, when they look really guilty, did, did they decide? No one, she says, no one gets to decide who I am. Even after Killian says, you know, the, the darkness, it just creeps on you. You don't really mm-hmm. notice it in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And they're all like, oh, could she go dark after what we did? Well, we, we were told we had to guide her, you know. The author has the power to change everything. He's going to write the villain's happy endings. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm. Now, they're saying it like it's a known fact. We know nothing about this author. Since right. when has it been determined that he's definitely going to write the villain's happy endings? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and maybe they're anticipating that he can be easily manipulated. manipulated. There we go. Um, and that's because everybody else in Storybrooke seems to be so easily manipulated. <laughs> but, you know, maybe... As if, someone's writing the, as if someone's writing out the story for them. Right. And so maybe that you know we are going to see that the storyteller, the the peddler, has, um, you know maybe some hidden sources as well. Because why else would he be locked away? You know mm-hmm. how much did he manipulate the story that he had to be locked behind a door for all these years? And it, it goes back to the old stories of you know the weavers that weave the the fates of men. Mm-hmm. You know everything is a is a strand or a. a, a, a a yarn, a spun, thread or a spun thread, right? Um, and my daughters, we were talking about it maybe an hour before we started recording. And they reminded me, you know, Charming and Snow weren't always heroes. They weren't always good. Mm-hmm. Charming, Charming was a liar for a while. I mean, he he was taken by uh, force. You know, the, the, the twin brother had been given to the king and queen. But then when the twin brother died, they needed him to step in. He did, and he was living a lie as to who he was. Um, Snow, even as a little girl, Snow was, uh, you know, not a perfect child. She taunted or teased. Uh, what was the, what was the uh, a stable boy? No, jo- no Joanna. Joanna, uh, yes. Yeah, so Joanna, when she was putting on the crown or pretending, and she was all mean and hateful, and her mother scolded her, and that's when she decided she was going to be a good girl. And then it was after her mother's death that she couldn't keep the secret because she thought she was being good. It wasn't that she couldn't keep the secret. She thought she was doing the right thing, which led us into all of this. But even after she you know, took the potion to forget uh, Charming, remember that was the first episode where she, oh, we, yes. we really saw a whole different side of her. Yes. And my husband was like, ooh, I want this snow. Yeah. <laughs> was that she was like, I'm going to look for him. Yeah, that's when she killed the birds. I was like, yeah. She killed was- the bird. Whack. <laughs> so, so they're not, they've not been perfect, perfect people. And, and not to jump right to the end, but in the end here, when, when they say to each other, we're going to help each other be the very best people that we can be. I mean, that's the purpose of a marriage. Mm-hmm. To help each other be the best of yourselves. Um well, we don't you think short, uh, just but... marriage, but the purpose of, of friendship in general, you know, it's to, to help each other be the best people that you can be. Mm-hmm. I feel like saying it in the army. But no, this is <laughs> <it's> just, <laughs> yeah, it, I I think a lot of people lose sight of that sometimes. So anyway, they, they just helped yeah. me to realize that maybe it isn't terribly out of character, but what they're saying is 
these two imperfect people, they have to make that choice every single day. And we're seeing yeah. them struggle with that, mm-hmm. with the, the, both the choice now with whether or not to burn the page. And also with, um, we're seeing them, them struggle with what, what they've done in the past. The Unforgiven mm-hmm. title reference. So, yeah. But, yeah, so um, I'm trying to think. I feel like we've just really jumped around to the point. I'm like, what haven't we talked about yet? Oh, okay. So Maleficent cast the sleeping spell on the town. Right. How many people knew who was going to be awake? You knew, it was, she was, you knew Henry well, yeah. was going to be awake. Yeah, I, just, I love the fact that, you know, again, all the continuity. I love the fact that things in previous you know, episodes and seasons count, have counted that, you know, like, oh, wait. That's not going to work on them because that already happened like two seasons ago. They can't can't go to sleep again. Yeah. Part of me wondered if Aurora would come out too, but <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, she can't she can't fall asleep either. So, and Maleficent in that whole you need me, you you weren't crying over Ursula. You need me. Why? Because they were just a means of getting to me. I am the important one. I can put the whole town to sleep. I'm useful. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But I, will you, say, I will say I was hoping Cruella would do a little more than just be snarky in the last episode or so. But I mean, we haven't seen her use her magical powers in the last couple episodes. Just that right. first, first one or two that she like breathed her, you know, green breath on things. She's yeah. Other than that, she's basically been the getaway driver. Right, and she's been the kind of the whiny like um, they're getting away <laughs> kind mm-hmm. of girl. So, well, so when. When um, Maleficent said all that, then she started talking about the child and she doesn't know what happened. She doesn't know if it's a boy or girl. She needs to know its fate. I'm thinking, well, that doesn't make any sense. How did Maleficent even let them go on living? Yeah. How did she not exact her revenge on them back then? So I went back and pulled up season one, episode two. And the evil queen is visiting Maleficent. This is our first introduction to Maleficent. And she demands the curse back. But Maleficent says they've already made their exchange and it is hers. So Maleficent had exchanged something for the evil curse. Hmm. I, don't, I don't understand that. Uh, I guess she, she was trying to keep it so that, they, that Regina wouldn't enact it. Uh, probably for her egg. And the evil queen says she knows it's hidden in the orb on Maleficent's staff. And Maleficent points out it's contained for good reason and she asks where it came from. Oh, wait a minute. That That's a little bit of incontinuity there because we just saw Maleficent knew exactly where it came from. So the evil queen summons one of her magical forces, the fireball, and Maleficent fights back, but the evil queen throws all of her weapons at Maleficent's pet. Does anyone remember who Maleficent's pet was? Was it a raven? No. Mm-mm. Well, it is in, it is in the cartoon. Maleficent. It's a black unicorn. Oh, it's a black unicorn, and the evil queen, or the, she jumps to protect the unicorn, and the evil queen binds her to the wall, takes the staff, and smashes the orb to retrieve the curse. And Maleficent tells her to do her worst. The evil queen refuses, saying she's only her, she is her only friend, and she ignores her friend's warning that the dark curse will create a void in her that she cannot fill. And the evil queen basically accepts it, and she takes off with it. So did she take the curse before Maleficent laid the egg? Or... After, I mean, because she's already warned hmm. Mary Margaret about that that Regina has the curse. Huh. Darn it! I was on mute the whole time. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was I was trying to say that it, she would have had to have grabbed that from. I would have think she would have had to grab that from her afterwards because um, I'm just trying to think of how the whole timeline worked. But it, that she would it would have had to have been, wait. Now I'm now I'm all confused because the the orb. Well, the the staff is, is whole again anyway, but I would have think it would have been after just because uh, they were on their honeymoon, and then you know Snow White is not at least at least visibly not pregnant, and then they take they take the egg, and right. then and the the egg when they took it, the baby was pretty much fully developed. Right. Right. Right, and then when they when by the time Snow White, uh, not Snow, the, Regina actually enacted the curse, she really didn't have once once she you know had the curse and enacted it, she really didn't have a huge window of time before everyone got sucked up and 
she she really didn't have a whole. I don't if I'm if I'm remembering the first season right. I mean, she got the curse, and then she you know sacrificed her horse, and that wasn't enough. And then she sacrificed her dad, and then it was very short time, very short time time from then on that at that point that everyone got sucked up and sent to uh, Storybrooke. Hmm. I still like, I'm still kind of like, oh, this timeline is driving me crazy. Yeah. It's, I think, I think they like doing that. I think they like doing that. Cause then we'll go binge watch again. And, <laughs> oh, uh. Hey, I have, this is a production note. Um, mm-hmm. that I'm looking at on uh, the Once Upon a Time wiki. And it says, according to James Epserson, the author is not, it was only controlling their apprentice. Snow White and Prince Charming were still responsible for their own actions. Ooh. Hmm. So only controlling the whole free will part. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so... He wasn't manipulating to the point of complete manipulation. So that goes in with what he said then. He said, well, he did manipulate them in that he sent them to the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Right. Who he was controlling, but... He said, both the visions are real. Both, you're, you're born as blank slate with the potential for good and evil. It's a gift of free will. So there's an equal chance that either vision could come true. And as we saw... In this episode, Snow's vision almost really did come true. Because when she, when they told Emma the truth, and Emma got all upset, and she stood up to leave, and Mary Margaret stood up, and they're both in red, and she says, I'm your mother, and Emma said, I don't care. And any mother will tell you that when the first time your child tells you, I hate you, which they all do, mm-hmm. um, it rips your heart out. It rips your heart out. And you know that had to just tear Snow's heart out and crush it. And it, it, so it, it, there was the, okay, she was a little older than a teenager, but there it was. Mm-hmm. So equal chance that either vision could come true. Yeah. Um, and that, that explains why when they said, is there nothing we can do to ensure our child's goodness, that if if the author was really only controlling the Sorcerer's Apprentice, um, he looked very distressed, and he said there is a way. But as you know, you know, all magic comes with a price. Mm-hmm. No. Hmm. But that speaking was interesting. Of pri- that it- speaking of price, I know we kind of we bounced back and forth a bit, as yeah. we are once. But uh, speaking of price, this is something I, I I I'd never heard him say before. But you know, Gold says to Belle as, he, as she's sleeping. As you know, my magic comes with a price, and I've racked up so much debt. I'm like, wait, where'd that come from? Um, what's the, I mean, what the, a debt usually means it has to be repaid. And, and as the dark one, the only you know, maybe I maybe I'm completely spacing something, but as the dark one, the main thing that I thought that they had to repay was it's like the, the 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 curse of having all that power is that someone else could could wield them could control them like a puppet with a dagger and and. And if, you know, he gets stabbed with that dagger, then someone else inherits the power. I thought that was pretty much the only limitation he had. You're you're going into my, my speculation area. Darn it. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. That I that's that and, and one other thing that said that was said at the end, and that's what got me on my big wild weave of putting together my theories of wild speculation. <laughs> he was holding his heart. Gold, yeah. he, he, okay. He was holding his heart. How how many times has Gold almost died? Oh, many. <laughs> and, then, and then, but well, and I'm I'm gonna I don't I, I never I didn't look at this, this synopsis or anything. But when I was you know wicking for the episode list to look for the name of the the title of this episode, one of the upcoming episodes is called Heart of Gold. So yeah, that's that's tomorrow night. Yep. Yeah. How many times has Gold almost been killed? Ooh, that's a good question for um maybe our maybe somebody in our audience knows that. How many times has Gold been killed? He's probably been almost killed like every you know, um episode not every episode, um every season at least twice. Like, you know. Has he been almost killed well, I I'm trying to think if he's if he's been killed since the beginning of this last second half of the episodes. 
I mean, sent to a land without magic, that's not really being killed. When when you're ready for me to to lay it all out, I, 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 we might want to talk about the rest of the episode. Okay, go ahead and <laughs> let's talk about the rest of the episode. You you tell me what else you have on your your. I know you took very copious notes. So, what else did do you want to talk about? Oh, I'm I'm ready to go right there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, so, did you like the part where Regina came in and found Henry, and everybody's behind him, and she called him by his full name? Oh yeah, that was great. To me, your heart didn't just melt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Henry Daniel Mills. Oh, <sighs> Daniel, this the the stable boy. The stable and boy. she's like, "Give me the page." <laughs> wink, the- wink, nod, nod. The page, and he's so excited, he knows what she means. And I knew exactly what she was telling me. I gave her the forgery. <laughs> he was so proud. I yeah. know. And none of them looked at it. So Gold like chastises them all and, and calls Regina out on it and says he's just been waiting for her to screw up, you know. But none of them looked at the page. And Cruella took it. Regina didn't even really take it. She took it for like two seconds, and Cruella had it out of her hand. Mm-hmm. So that to me was a little she was supposed to know right there from that that instant second <laughs> oh yeah i and when when they steal the egg maleficent turns into this really soft sweet mother yes uh-huh. and she asks for mercy yeah isn't that nice and, and somehow snow thinks they're going to bring the egg back to trans- <laughs> all yeah. of our child's potential for darkness into this egg which isn't really a living thing. You know, it really isn't right. a child. It's just this this clump of cells that we're going to put all this dark matter into. And then we're going to give it back to you. Yeah, and you'll have, uh, yeah, fun raising that. <laughs> That's, yeah, she's so naive. She, well, she's like Belle, you know. Between Mary Margaret and Belle, I just go, oh, please. <laughs> please, you're not that naive. But they are. Yeah. But, so, so Cruella and Earl, Ursula, though, they went through the portal with that egg. Yes. Yes. I liked that. Well, okay, so if all of them went through the portal and and Pinocchio and Emma went through the portal together and they landed in the same place, then the egg and and uh, Cruella and Ursula, wait, wait, is it Ursula? Mm-hmm. Did they all land together then? Or Should. But then that wouldn't make sense that the baby was put up for adoption. You'd think Cruella would step in and like raise the kid. Why? What? She she what puppies? I don't know. Instincts. She kills puppies. <laughs> what maternal instincts have we seen from either of them? But I, I don't know. I think uh, I would have thought Ursula would be the more maternal. But even then, yeah. they're, they're in this new land. They don't know how they're going to survive themselves. Oh look, here's a place that takes children. Yeah. I yeah. thought that was realistic, but I thought maybe they were going to say that Corella Feinberg or Feinstein or whatever or Feinberg. Had, Feinberg. had raised her, but um, but no, she was raised in someplace like Michigan or Minnesota. I think or it was Iowa. Minnesota, right? Like uh, Lily was um, was from Minnesota. I and thought. did you see the star on the little baby hand that stuck out of the egg? Yeah, and that's the star that's you know we see so, on Lily's hand when you know her and. Her 13-year-old self. Yep. So that was the gist of my email to you a couple, was it a week or so ago? Yeah. When I watched yep. that one and was like, wait a minute, why are we talking about Lily again? <laughs> yeah. And so it all comes back around. And, and yeah, it's kind of interesting that, you know, Lily had a purpose. At first, I didn't yep. know what Lily's purpose was way back when. But now I see what her purpose is. It's so. going to be interesting because... Uh, you know, at the end, when Gold is showing her the baby, you know, he's he's telling her that this is going to open up a lot of pain. I mean, this is, you know, I, this I, I'm going to show you what you need, um, and and she needs that pain. He needs her to be in pain. Yeah. Uh, and he says, well, "Remember, this is 30 years ago," and so then we get to see how they take her. But and we've already talked about the name Lilith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and what Which that is name Demi- means. Yeah. Keep going. But th- but yeah. Now she's alive in this world, and now she's got to go out there and find her. She's thirty years old. You know, she's the same age as Emma. It's uh, well, it, she should be easy to find now. They don't seem to have any trouble finding each other out there. It seems. It seems they stumble over each other out there in the 
land without magic. <laughs> the population is much smaller than, than, than it is in our world. Yeah. Well, didn't Lily, 13-year-old Lily, give Emma, like, her address or a phone number or something of where her where she was living with her parents in, you said, Minnesota? I think, I'm pretty sure it was Minnesota. So, of all, that whole, that whole box, that one box that Emma tra- spent her whole life keeping everything that was important to her in, in a single box, uh, what do you bet it still has that address? I bet. I bet, because we have to have an easy way to find this girl. You know, in real world, it takes years, but, you know, in Storybrook, it takes, like, five minutes on the episode. So, yeah. Well, it only took her a few seconds to look up how, um, it only took her a few seconds to look up how um, Henry found her on the internet back in episode one. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) With a credit card. How did they have credit cards? (laughs) Well, uh, yeah. That's funny. So. Oh, I missed Okay, so oh, go ahead. I was going to say we can move on to August and Emma at the end here. Yeah, we probably should move on to yeah. August and Emma. So um then August is the one who does the whole you know, talking about what a storyteller is. Mm-hmm. Is that where you're going with this? Mhm. Yeah, and then um cuz he made a conversation few... she's lying to him and he looks at her and he goes, "You forget. I know lying." Right. <laughs> but yeah, he he does this whole like storytellers has started, and he makes a reference to Plato, you know, in the in the cave, you know, philosophers watch shadows on the cave, and he, so that was our Plato reference. And then, you know, and then he made a, a reference to the playwrights what? who tell tales in poetry. Yep, and that would and be Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Yeah, to a man named Walt. Walt. You know, our obvious, you know, um, Disney wink, reference. Wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, yeah. It's not even a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It's pretty much, there it is. <laughs> to a mouse. No, it's not a wink. It's a poke in the eye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he did say that it was a job, not a person. So like the Sorcerer and the Apprentice, it's mm-hmm. a job, not a person. So the the question is, could there be more than one storyteller at a time? Could there be an interim storyteller Why the other storyteller was locked away behind the page? It, it could. Now, August said it was many, there were many authors. Mm-hmm. If he's the one who wrote your story, he wasn't the only one. There are many authors. as a job, not a person. The one trapped here is just the last tasked with great responsibility to record, to witness the greatest stories of all time and record them for posterity. The job goes back for eons. Mm. Many have had the sacred job. Great men and women who took took on the responsibility with the gravity that it deserved until this last one. And he started to manipulate instead of record. And he did something that pushed them, them, in quotation marks, over the edge. And, of course, we know what them, what he did to put him over the edge. He manipulated this whole Snow and Emma and Maleficent egg story. Mm-hmm. And that's when we see, we keep saying the sorcerer's apprentice, but I, I don't know if it's not the sorcerer. How it, dare you force me to do that to that child? Yeah. But which child? Could it be, yeah, Emma or could it be Lily? Right. Or both. Well, I don't know. But the author says, but it makes for a better story. Yeah. And that's when he says, return the quill. You are ill-suited for the job. You have abused all the rules. You have lied. You have deceived us. You have forsaken your holy duty, and you must be punished. And then, in they go. And there, was, there wasn't even a, a big, uh, there wasn't even a huge, huge, uh, 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 just some kind of anticlimactic, boom, he's in the, boom, he's in the page. Yeah. <laughs> I just, like, swallowed him up. And August then tells her that it is the sorcerer and his apprentice who put him in there. They're the ones who choose the author, and they took responsibility for their error. And Emma says, but he, still, he can still alter the book. He can still alter the course of things. And that's when he, August did the line you liked so much. How far, you've, she's, how, how far she's come from one who refused to believe. Yeah. And then it was almost kind of anticlimactic. She's like, well, let's open it. Click, click, click. out he pops. And they're like, I couldn't yeah. even reach this. And yeah. it's the Brandy Flaz's little nutmegging. <laughs> yeah, that's the but, Prince Charming brand of, of whiskey. And nobody yeah. expected him to run, though. I thought that was that was hilarious. Yeah. Like, these, like everyone, man, for, 
I know they're human, or I mean, I know they're human, but you know, sometimes there's something like, "Wow, you guys have had you know years of experience," and sometimes you guys just get get caught completely flat-footed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to remember that um, technically, there Emma was just a bounty hunter; she wasn't a cop, and David wasn't anything that remotely resembled a, a law enforcement officer. Like, you know, I didn't, neither was, um, 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 you know, I don't know that I think they're just, I don't see how Emma actually got that job as sheriff, but you know, that was season one. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to go there, but she's ill-equipped for the job. Did, did you bit. notice that you he literally going? pulled the curtain down, you know, yeah. time for the curtain to close. Yep. <laughs> he literally pulled the curtain over there. <laughs> That was that was a nice nod there. That, you know, Pay the no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> I was just thinking you know, the you know the curtain closes, the act is over. He's you know he's calm. Like this, this story is done. This episode right. is done. Yeah, yep. right. And Al, he goes into the street, and then ta da, it's over. It's over. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let, let's uh, move on to your speculation and spoilers. So, oh. um. <laughs> before, okay. Where let's, to start? Let's, let's before we um, go on to that. Let's um. Remind people that you can write us at onceuponatime at sqpn.com. Um, that's our email. And you can find David. Where can we find you? Uh, just follow me at you know, David Handless on Twitter or you know, David H-A-N, you know, H-A-N-D-L-O-S on Facebook. Okay. And Shelly, every time we ask you, where are you? <laughs> Lisa and I keep a blog at of Sound Mind and Spirit, which is simply www.soundmindandspirit, and we're active on Facebook as well. And, um, you know, you can find me, um, you can you actually email me at Deborah, D-E-B-O-R-A-H, at sqpn.com. You can also find me at ipilgrim.com, ipilgrimpodcast.com, and... Um, yeah, if you want to leave us feedback, you can on our on SQPN. Um, we did get one feedback, by the way, I, off of this last episode off of um, Poor Unfortunate Souls. It was just a, like, hey, I'm glad you're back. I miss father, which we all do. Um, so true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we do we do check that occasionally, and um, you know, if you have any good theories, make sure you leave some feedback. So let's go on to some spoilers and some speculation. So what's your what's your speculation now? Okay, it's a little long, and I apologize, but if you bear with me, I think I can get through all this. It hit me last night. Charming's going to burn this page, and Snow's all upset, but what are we going to tell Henry? It's more lies. We can't do this. I gave him that book to give him hope, and we're going to lie and take it all away. And Regina, she's becoming a friend. She's kept our secret. She's risked her life for us, and we're going to repay her by taking it away. And then Snow says, my heart was dark. She ripped my heart out and showed it to me, and I thought it was dark from killing Cora. Why are we mentioning Cora? <laughs> okay, hold that thought. Hold, just keep it. Keep okay. it in your back. Because every time we mention somebody. Anyway. But the darkness must have started long ago. We have to tell Emma the truth because heroes do what's right, not what's easy. Okay, and then Emma, I wanted to believe in you. Uh, we were trying to protect you. So then um, in the vault, Gold is saying... She's going to help us. She just doesn't know it yet about Regina. I have something that the moment she sees it is going to make her do my bidding forever. I I still haven't figured that part out. And then we go to Cinderella has sent the unicorn mobile. And Snow is understandably upset. She's also not hugely pregnant. So you can tell it's probably about five, six months in. Um, So we're still three good three months before the curse is enacted. And they keep trying to rationalize it. You know, every, what we did is with me. Oh, oh, I can't, I can't sleep at night. This is terrible. I keep hearing. They're, they're very depressed, and she's very upset. And he's like, "Well, maybe Maleficent lied about the curse." She said, "But what matters is what we did. We thought we were doing something brave for our child. We were brave, but we weren't kind. Mm-hmm. We were selfish." And I thought, "Well, that reminds me of that episode where." Little Snow was acting all improper, you know, with Joanna, and she was being admonished by her mother. Wait a second. When was that? Hang on a second. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, I'll come back to that. So then she says she thinks they're not heroes anymore, and Charming says, well, we can fix it. Do you think redemption is really possible? Yes. We can earn forgiveness. We have to believe that there's a chance at grace. To get there, we're going to have to be the best people we can. I'm like, whoa, that's the speech Snow just gave to Regina that I liked that Father didn't get, what, 
you know, it walking in the dark looking for Elsa and Anna and, and Emma and the Snow Queen. And that's the same speech. <laughs> Almost exactly the same speech. Oh, funny. So we're going to take the long, hard path. And as long as we have each other, we're going to be the best versions of ourselves. Well, so we'll, to go back, we were brave, but, but not kind. We have to be kind. We were selfish. So we're back to Snow acting like a child. Season 2, episode 15, The Queen is Dead. Cora poisoned Ava. And, and it's the episode, okay, so Joanna, who Cora killed. Joanna has tried on the crown or something, or the tiara or something, and little Snow has been all mean and hateful and rude and a typical child. And, and the mother admonishes her, and from that moment, she's going to be good and proper. And Cora has poisoned Ava, and then as disguised as the blue fairy, she gives Snow the candle. And Snow can't do it. She cannot do it. She cries over it. And she tells her mother she couldn't do it. And her mother tells her how she's always got to be good and kind and, and the best person, blah, blah, blah. But after Ava's dead, Cora, we find out, is the one who gave Snow the candle. She's standing over Ava's body, and she admits she poisoned it. And she says that she is going to turn, she tried to turn Snow's heart dark as revenge for what happened between Ava and Cora years ago. Mm-hmm. Wait a second. Gold has never said anything at all about turning anyone's heart dark. That's always been Cora. Cora, talking about Ava's legacy. I am going to turn your daughter's heart dark. That's Cora. Mm-hmm. And so Snow's got a little piece of darkness in her heart. Will Emma turn her heart dark? That's Cora. Wait a second. Where's the last time we saw that candle? Cora. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Snow White finally turned her heart dark. She lit, lit the, the candle. candle and she traded lives. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and Cora's body is in the vault. Well, what if part of Cora is in Hook? I mean, not in Hook, in, mm-hmm. in Gold. Because oh. why, did, why did Gold need saving? Because he went to New York to see Neil and Hook stabbed him with nightshade poison or something on the end of his hook. Right there in that heart, the same heart that he was talking to Belle. And, oh, it hurts. He's holding his heart. So are we going to see Cora? Well, it's okay. And while you're talking about Cora, it's interesting to me that we have um, Will Scarlet very prominent in a lot of these episodes and Cora is you know was the queen of hearts and we have the knave of hearts I'm wondering if there's some sort of connection coming up well there's um, got to be yeah and here's gold unless I find a way to change the rules I've racked up so much debt well uh, the one time he died and Neil resurrected him um, and this time he died and Snow saved his life and, and swapped his life out for Cora's um, and then, when was the? I guess he died when he stabbed Pan. He stabbed right. himself and Pan together. True. But if I'm going to change the rules, I'm going to have to do it quickly. Something's going on. Something's changing his heart. Something's eating at his heart. His heart is turning into gold. His heart is turning into I don't know. But here's my spoiler. Mm-hmm. I did something last night I don't usually do, and I went to IMDb and I looked up the cast list for the next four or five episodes. Okay. The valet, the valet appears. The valet. Okay. And that's Henry, Regina's father. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then in the last, in the season finale, Barbara Hershey is on the cast list. Now, is it a flashback? Or is she coming back to Storybrooke? Well, okay. And, you know, um, if you were watching, you know, they always do that teaser. So how would you like to take a little trip? Where would I be going? A land called Pulse. Two weeks from tonight. Yeah! Mm, we could always win. <laughs> oh, it can't be. And she's more powerful. How is this possible? Than ever. You think you can kill me? Don't make the wrong choice. Once Upon a Time, Sunday, April 12th at 8, 7 central on ABC. Did you not see Zelina and the and Oz in that teaser? And we paused it four times, I will tell you, because it looks like the bulk of the Zelina part is gold is going to have sent Robin Hood back to Oz to steal something. 
But so he's going to encounter Zelina, and I think that's where the arrow. And can you can you kill me? Don't miss. But when we paused it, there is a scene where she is standing in what looks like the clock tower, and we can't decide decide if that is from season three when she was in the clock tower, or if that is current. Did they somehow resurrect her? Did they somehow bring her back? But we've got all these elements. You've got Lily, whose father is unknown. If it is, if there is a father, is unknown. Right. You've got Lily. You've got Zelina, whose father was the Prince Jonathan rogue that went around. Anyway, and and you've got Regina, and you've got Chorus. We we we're all coming back again to mother issues. <laughs> there's a it's a mother of a show coming up because there's just. <laughs> Lots of mothers, mother drama coming up. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm actually going to, I am, um, be or DB for Rebecca Matter who plays Alina, and I'm just trying to see if, yep, I think she's apparently. Oh, she's coming back. <laughs> you want to know where she's going to be coming back? Yeah, I guess we're spoiler. She's in the next episode. And then she's in Mother. And then she's in Operation Mongoose Part 2. Zelina? Yep. Yeah. So there's five episodes. There's Heart of Gold, which for us is tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. And then there's Sympathy for the DeVille. Oh, funny. Then there's Lily. Wow. <laughs> then there's Mother. And then we have the season finale, Operation Mongoose. And remind us all again, Operation Mongoose was? Well, that's Henry. Um trying to find oh rewrite the the stories right mm-hmm. yeah and find yep. the author right right this is the this is the help regina one as opposed to operation cobra was help uh emma mm. yep so we might have okay so here's and we we made the connection with ricky tiki tavi yeah oh um another spoiler is that it is um robin hood and selena is in a flashback so you're right. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. So we'll see um, a flashback with the Selena, but you know that doesn't mean we haven't resurrected people out of ashes before. So there you go. Anyway, now, Operation Mongoose, if you Google it, <laughs> also comes up as the um, coordinated efforts to topple Castro out of Cuba. Oh, funny! <laughs> I did oh. not know that. Wow. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. Sorry. Just. One of those weird things. I've always looked it up with Once Upon a Time after it, but never looked it up with just plain Operation Mongoose. Mongoose. Oh, funny. So lots of lots of expectations, lots of excitement, mm-hmm. um, lots of twists and turns. And, and so now you know why I revised my my uh, rating of this episode. Yep. Because there's more, there's more to the undercurrent than you thought. Absolutely. I sat there and, and the minute she started saying those words, you know, we weren't brave. We weren't, we were, we were brave, but we weren't kind. We were selfish. And I'm thinking, oh, heard I've this? heard this before. I've heard this before. And I, I had to go right to it. The queen is dead. So, bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. oh, oh, and Lily, mm-hmm. the episode shattered, was it shattered sight? Shattered right. glass? One of the episodes when when they show us the story of Emma and Lily, isn't Cora? Cora appears in that episode too. Um, not the not the actress. I think there's a name or there's a reference to her in that in that episode. I can't think of it. it. Was on a fence. It was on a wall. It was in the background. Oh, and speaking of, I checked the loft when they were in the loft. Uh-huh. There's no raven bird painted on the brick wall in this episode. It oh. says it says great G R A T E. I don't know if that means anything. I, I think they're just having fun with us. Yeah. Right. They're good at that. Huh. Yeah. It, it literally makes me want to go pull all the DVDs out and watch every single episode <laughs> and all the backs, you know, all the the ones I never watch, which are where the actors or the producers talk over the episode. Who has time to watch all of these? <laughs> right. I don't. I don't have time. <laughs> all right. Well... Maybe you've had time, and uh, maybe we'll all find out with the ne- next episode, you know, the connections that we missed or that we got dead on. Maybe um, every- everything you've predicted is going to happen, and we'll see Cora return or Cora come back. 
And we have all these mothers coming around, and uh, we're getting closer to Mother's Day. So we'll, we'll have to see in this week's episode. Next week, we'll have a new episode for you. Until then, ta-ta, dearies. <laughs>